For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hello, fellow Volt Hunters. I'm J. Michael Tatum, and you're listening to The Geek Show. And welcome to The Geek Show, your weekly dose of geekiness and various other things. Uh, joining me, producer Rob, today we have uh, Rob over there. Uh, 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 hello. <laughs> uh, that was a reference you won't know because it's before <laughs> yeah. recording. Exactly. And Ben over there. Hello, I'm over here. Yes. Um, it, it, it's a count from Sesame Street reference. Yes, it is. We established it on another show that you only know is out of count to ten. I'm disappointed in the count. You should spend more time, you know, doing in people in, you know, the, the low-lying counties around us, yeah. around New York, and getting sustenance, because he is a vampire. Come on. Maybe that's, maybe that's it, though. He could, uh, you know, the fact that he can't actually count past ten. Huh. Uh, maybe it's because he can only manage ten victims a night. So he never maybe. actually learned to count past ten. But he's using counting bats, isn't he? He's pretty... Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, I to tell you the truth. If you got ten bats, that's a pretty bad infestation as it is. That's true. If he lets to get anything past there, he's gonna have to call in an exterminator or something. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean that's just not healthy. This is Do you true. know how many diseases bats can carry? Oh god, yeah, yes. they are filthy. Filthy things. Yeah. They are basically flying rodents. Yeah. I, 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 anyway, that's, ca- that's, ca- that's kind of a little playful hint at what we're gonna be doing this week. Yes. Uh, that uh, that comedy. Yeah, we, dark, we, dark, we, dark and black comedy. We did a comedy show. This isn't Ooh. a racist show. We did a comedy a very long time ago. A comedy show a very long time ago. And it's only in editing stuff back for, to go up on iTunes that we realised. It's been a while since we've done comedy. Let's do... Let's uh, do black comedy. Let's do horrible comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, let's do the comedy that shouldn't be funny, but is. Yeah. Well, yeah. But we have news before we get into that. We're, we're, we're trialling a new structure this week, so... It's going to be news and then reviews, and then we're going to just dive straight in. Straight in there. Yes. So, yes. Not even um, going to dip our toy in. We're just going to dive straight in there. What are we starting off with then? Um, are we starting off with the Tesla arm? Sure. Um, or actually, no, let's start off with the Time magazine cover. Okay. Yeah. I do love this. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's this? Uh, recently, Time did a story about innovations in 
3D technology, VI, it's huge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The cover image was uh, supposed to be of uh, the Oculus Rift, focusing on that. Yes. But what they have got is the most derpy image I've ever seen of <laughs> yeah. a guy in a weird pose. I, I don't even know how to describe the pose. It, 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 uh, maybe, right? Um, he was told, pretend you're a beautiful lady, and he only knew how to stick, it, stick his chest and bum out. Because yeah, that's what he thinks beautiful ladies do. When I first saw this image, that, I that, didn't... Guy, that guy's misogynistic. He's terrible. He when I first that. saw this image, <laughs> I didn't see that his feet were off the ground and that he was barefoot. <laughs> so from my perspective, it looked like he'd taken a very large dump and was on a tropical really, island. Yeah, on a tropical island, and was really overjoyed at the fact that he was no longer clogged. Maybe he found a leaf that Tell was fitting. What, what it looks to me is <laughs> when you tell someone who doesn't really know how to act like act like you're high. And I go, oh, Apparently, a bit of insider secret here. If actors don't tell them to walk over there because they don't know how to walk, they'll end up doing stupid stuff. (laughs) If you say, go go over there, they'll do it fine. So So maybe that's what happened here. No, no, no. Do you know what's probably happened? Go be in VR. (laughs) No, no. Do you know know what's probably happened? Do you know when they do the fashion photographers, they always take, like, loads of photos, and they basically say to the models, you know, be natural, do this, you know, just just give me a pouty look, and they basically let the models... Be natural, so they just sit on the chair, flicking through a magazine. Uh, Actually, that is, like... It does remind me of, like, that joke in, like, every, like... All the comedies were like act natural, yeah, and everyone goes into a weird unnatural pose. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. Yeah, it so does look like I think that. I think what's happened here is you know he's basically relying on the photographer to give him instructions, and the photographer is going right now. Be a chicken now. Flap the hands. Flap the hands, and just been taking photos. This, the sad fact there is, Time is like one of the most well-known, globally well-known magazines in the world, and this looks like they gave the cover to the work experience boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, I mean, it's it's a big thing to be on the cover of Time magazine, right? To be on the cover of Time magazine is a huge... That's one of the biggest honours in sort of journalism. This guy, his mates are going to rip it out of him. Because he's probably gone around saying, I'm on the cover of Time magazine. And they see it. (laughs) The internet has gone crazy photoshopping this, so he's riding a horse or he's in the middle of a rave. Are they they doing another Vladimir Putin? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Vladimir Putin's magnificent. It's it's a stallion. It's hilarious. But a lot of people are saying this is a terrible thing for VR because... Mm. It it, trivializes it, yeah. Yeah, it's become a big joke for what is... A very important stage. Yes. Like, it's all about to be launched, and it's a giant joke. I do think VR isn't quite there yet. It just needs that that little... It needs... It needs that one thing that says, yes, you need VR. It doesn't have that yet. Yeah. And once it has that, I think it's fine, but yeah. it's making really it, important strides. Yeah. It, it needs the halo of the VR world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it needs, yeah. It, it needs a, a console seller, basically, yeah. yeah. Something like that, and it, it, it's like, bam, yeah, let's do it. Let's have everything like that. But until then, I think it's just really cool technology. Yeah. So, uh, actually, I'm watching a, a, the making of this VR game that this group's making. Mm. Like, where it, it's really cool. It's like... Um, <laughs> yeah. Ro- sorry, like, Rob, oh. just threw me, show me the Titanic picture and it threw me. But I, I never <laughs> wasn't laughing at what you were saying. Um, go on. It's like in a dystopian future where, like, the whole world's dried up and everyone's on like little floating ships and stuff. Hmm. And like it's all made out of junk, but it's done in first person. You can pick up everything oh, and sort of very Minecraft like yeah. sort of thing. Like the thing they were trialing at was it E3? 
where they had the guy in the VR mask and she had the Minecraft plane. Was it Google Glass that they're doing it, that with? It, it was... Uh, and he was sort of pulling and twisting oh, the, the place. Oh, it was... Like, uh, like this Minecraft plan. No, it was plan. Microsoft... Uh, it was Microsoft thing. Uh, but it, it's it's the same sort of... It's the same sort of application of VR. It's it just was Microsoft HoloLens. Using, rather than using it as a means to promote a game, they're using it as a means to sort of yeah, tell us yeah. that, like, but do this, something original. This is the thing, though. No, um, right now and historically... They've been because I remember when VR back in the back in the early nineties when VR was starting to become. You mean Tron? No, early nineties. <laughs> that was eighties. <laughs> Whatever, Granddad. <laughs> Go learn history, boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, young whippersnappers. Um, <laughs> you were saying back in the early nineties when VR was basically becoming the you know uh, basically becoming a thing. Before yeah. it before it died for the rest of the nineties, um, it was very very basic, and they basically tried to promote it through using experiences. And it seems like they're making the same mistake again. There's loads and loads of experiences with you know the Oculus Rift and with their various other VR tools, but there's no actual real dyed in the wall things to play. Well, that's why I've been watching stuff like um, this Hover Junker one. Um uh, Esper's another cool one yeah. about uh, you get like psychic abilities and you have to use your mind to control things and it looks really cool. Oh, that's, that's interesting, yeah. Like there's some really cool in- yeah, interesting ideas coming is, out that are better than just, hey, let's make Minecraft with VR. Mm, thing is, yeah. they've got like, they've, they've got, uh, there's so much you could do on the experience from like the Game of Thrones experience and, you know, the Harry Potter experience and various other things like that. But that shouldn't be the limit of it. Yeah, well, you do know that basically every major porn website is trying to crack fund. VR, yeah. yeah, that's the thing, though. Porn always makes it first. Yeah, yeah. Porn cracked 3D. Porn will crack VR. Um, apparently, Tenga, who are like the main creators of sex toys in Japan, and one of the main exporters of them in like Southeast Asia, they're getting heavily into the whole VR business. I don't know, Pornhub and stuff like that are wanting it as well. Like, it's just... As a, as a, it's a logical thing, kind of. Isn't Pornhub just trying to be Netflix for porn now? Trying got, to be, they were there first. Hmm. Okay, next news story. Yeah. Anyway. I kind of deviated hard there. <laughs> what was going to? It was all Real about virtual hard. reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, from virtual reality and porn to tentacles... Um, <laughs> Did you plan that? No. You... <laughs> Go on, then. Tesla's uh, Dr. Octopus snake arm. Um, basically That's different... not the official name, by no, the way. No, it, it's basically like a Dr. Octopus arm. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a charging system that will automatically find your charging port. Yeah, the idea for this <laughs> is... Uh, I don't quite understand that. This is for electric cars. Ah, um, okay. What happens is a little slot for charging comes out the tentacle then can navigate and plug itself in and charge your battery for you. Yeah, That sounds horrifying. I know it does. <laughs> I think it looks really cool. It, it it's looks straight really out cool. of sci-fi. It just or looks, hentai. I'm just, I'm just picturing the ways that it could go wrong. That's my point. <laughs> and little kid goes, Mummy, what's this? <laughs> it's a charging tentacle, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this like, is going wrong, isn't it? Geek show broadcasting straight from the gutter. <laughs> Conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
it's really cool technology. But it's, yeah, yeah. it's great technology. The, the, the it's... problem with the electronic car is the fact that you have to find a part to plug it into, and that would always be like a downfall into um, the, the electric car. But yeah. something like this, which I, don't, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the actual. So if um, it, oh. if they can start putting this into <laughs> more you places, tell me, but... <laughs> it now makes not only the driving the car, but it makes the filling up of it remarkably easy. So you can um, it might popularize it. <laughs> the gift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're finding this so hilarious. What did you think it was going to do? <laughs> I think he had this... Uh, see, I saw that gif earlier, and I think Rob had a very sanitized view of what it was going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally a tentacle that plugs into the car. What else would it look like? <laughs> I've seen horror movies. <laughs> With things plugging into things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen horror movies, and that's a horrifying image. But like, it does it about that half the speed of that GIF. Like, ah, oh, does it? Oh, yeah, okay. like, <laughs> like it is not that good a technology quite yet. Because <sighs> <sighs> I, 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 that warped my fragile little mind. That GIF. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've regained my composure. I'm back. Are you okay now? I'm okay. <laughs> New dead. <laughs> but next new story. Let's just move past that because we don't want another Twitch jobs incident. You do realize that's a, that's a reference to earlier on in the ben, show. I'm just going to keep know. that gif on the on the screen and turn it round every so often when he's getting a bit serious. You know, you're close enough for me to slap you. But go on, get on with it. Next new story. All right. Okay. Um, so Ben, um, yeah, carrying on with the robots. Yeah. Um, a robot has had to be programmed. To avoid kids because kids are mean and should not be allowed anything nice. This is basically a um, a robot was put in a mall in Japan just as an experiment. It basically just um, moved from point to point, see how people interact with it. Yeah. And they found out that uh, kids can't be trusted. Okay. Because they decided to abuse the robot. Were they picking on it? Blocking its path. Um, path Throwing stuff at it, punching it, kicking it. Japanese kids are terrible. Yeah. No, kids in general. No, if it was a robot, I'd say, oh my god, there's a robot, how cool. I know. I wouldn't just go and punch it in whatever its equivalent of the groin is. If it was a big robot, you would turn it into chopper. It's like, they sort of talked to the kids and like, a lot of them were like, we thought it'd be fun. Uh, We did it because of peer pressure. We thought it could feel pain, so we decided to kick it. Oh, God, no, it's the so, Jelly Babies argument like, again. Like, the, the amount of... Um, oh, this is horrifying. Yeah, the amount of kids that were, like, saying that they knew, thought it was aware of pain, so they decided to hurt it. Have you heard the thing What'd about... What you say, uh, a robotic voice and ow, my soul. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, even... have you heard the thing about Jelly Babies? Well, the, where you bite off... No, no. what sort of person or what sort no, of mindset you have. They basically, uh, they did a study of kids, and we're talking, like, really young kids, like three, four years old, and they basically gave them a gave them a jelly baby and said, "Which part of this would you uh, would you eat first? And some of them said the head, so they wouldn't suffer. And these are three four year olds. Some of them said the legs, so that they can't run away. Kid logic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. You kind know. of disturbing. So yeah, um, uh. the, the study like 
they put links between this and abusing animals. It, well, because yeah. Because it seems like a step before that, really. Basically, yeah. Except yeah they, because of this, they've had to program in the, um, like, rewrite the, the robot's um, programming so that when it sees a threat, it will run and find an adult. Yep. It will go into, like, a populated area with people above a certain height because it designates that as an adult with a yeah. hope that that will stop the kids from beating it up. Kids, um, kids, you're listening. If Skynet happens and Terminators end with Kilnazol, it's your fault. Well, maybe, the, maybe those <laughs> researchers could have gone robots. to MIT because the next story is uh, researchers at MIT... They've developed a robot that kind of acts like a puppet but learns at the same time. And they've used the, a human operator to improve its dexterity, speed, and balance and mm-hmm. taught it how to punch through stuff. Yeah, Why? Because they can. Uh, the idea of a learning robot is really great until and it it's learns sca- it's scary. hatred. It's scary if it learns emotions. Okay, it's knocking on... Oh, wow, it's... <laughs> this is a no-nonsense robot. Yes, it's a no-nonsense robot. It's oh yeah, it'll just it's just it's not even a robot. It's just three like finger a ma- punch you to death. It's like yeah. a massive bionic arm. Yeah, it's one inch punching through that board, and I, yeah, maybe maybe this robot in Japan could do with going to MI- a little visit to MIT, come back with a massive robotic arm. Do you even lift, bot? Yes, <laughs> basically, just one massive robotic arm doesn't need the rest. That's just a great image of just a robot with one arm beating up a load of kids that picked <laughs> on him. <laughs> it's like the nerdiest of revenge fantasies. It, it is, it is, it's it like, is. It's like that episode of Rick and Marty, isn't it? Yeah. Only in robotic form. <laughs> Against children. Yes, yep. it is. Um, <laughs> which is horrible when you think about it. It's kind of sad because there was that hitchhiking robot which got severely vandalised. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what's this? Uh, there was a Canadian group decided to um, build a hitchhiking robot. Mm-hmm. And the idea was it hitchhiked and they wanted to get the entire way across America. Admirable goal. But it was destroyed and vandalized about halfway through. thing is, it had been to all sorts of places What, what was then? halfway through? What was the geographical place that was halfway through? Just trying to find it at the moment. So like the Bible Belt. Sort of the middle of the Bible Belt. No, no, no. We don't believe in progress or change. If it got lost in Mormon territory, I can totally understand that. The Mormons wouldn't know what yeah, it was. It was, it was it basically, the robot was decapitated and left in a ditch. Die. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Um, pretty hardcore. Hitch Robot, as it was called, um, was uh, decapitated and left in a ditch two weeks after setting off for a final destination of San Francisco, California. You see, um, you see, all I'm picturing here is is some horror, like some somewhere out in the depths of the countryside, just some people wailing on Johnny Five. Just, uh, oh, kind, kind, of, yeah. Yeah. The, kind of, yeah. The that's thing is made oh, how could you look like that? an adorable thing. How could you decapitate that? That's worse than and, Johnny and Five. It, it's taking pictures the entire time, so it's documented everyone that's helped yeah. it. So it was taking pictures of it being brutally murdered. It that's was horrible. It was Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's a pretty progressive place. The city of brotherly love. That's a progressive brotherly love place. And they murdered a brutal, brutally murdered robot, which looks adorable. Thing is, Shame on you, Philadelphia. It went, it went all across Canada and Europe and came to no harm. 
as soon as it got to America, within a couple of weeks. <sighs> Philadelphia is like a... That's where, that's where Will Smith was from, and he played his big ball. That's basically how, it end, how they had left it. Oh, my. Disappointed in you, Philadelphia. Disappointing. Yeah. Disappointed, Philadelphia. <laughs> Very much so. And it travelled over 10,000 kilometres just with the kindness of strangers. They basically yeah. picked her up right in the car and that's drove lovely. with so, it. Tell lovely. you what, he's kind of sad, though. Do you think they'd do that for a human being? <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably not. <laughs> No. It is kind of sad, but... Hey, he chose. If you want to hitchhike, be an adorable robot, unless you want to hitchhike across America, where they'll merge you like other <laughs> everyone well, else. Here's the thing. The last tweet for Hitchbot, and I think this is really sweet. My trip must come to an end for now, but my love for humans will never fade. Oh. Thanks, friends. Oh. oh, that's heartbreaking. Ro- robots have feelings. I've just decided now. <laughs> See, this is more signs that... We're all screwed when, um, yeah. If we, if we, when you know, Skynet when the robots over, take over, if yeah. we brutalize the lovely thing here, this is on the internet now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if if the Avengers has taught Avengers Two has taught us anything, it's that the you know they, it's going to absorb the internet, which means it's going to yeah. know about this. Skynet's going to ha- happen. They're going to see the robot getting picked on by kids. Hitchbot. Um, getting decapitated, and that robot dog thing getting kicked, and we are screwed. Yeah, it's gonna take you know the you know the uh, you know the the that massive one with the with the red with the red flashing red light that looks like a proto cyborg uh, proto cylon sorry oh yeah the Boston Dynamics one gonna gonna make a, an army of those and then we're gonna be screwed. I'm gonna go and live in the hills. <laughs> Where the hills are alive with and unfortunately all the gas stations are gonna be full of. Um, Charging tentacles so they can easily recharge their yeah. batteries. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, That's horrifying. Thank you, Ben. All, all, all can be used as torture devices. <laughs> this place is on the internet, man. <laughs> okay. It's a dark, dark place. Next story. Anyway, um, a final, final piece of news. This one's from Italy. Um, a priest has taken a helicopter to the skies at the uh, uh, you know above the Italian resort town of uh, Castellamare di Stabia um, last month after a seemingly unstoppable crime wave among locals left local religious bosses with no alternative but to perform a remote exorcism from above. Was it was it death metal priest? I like death metal priest. I don't think it was. You, this could sound like the best action movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Him yeah. just like parachuting down, blessing, then coming down with shotgun and destroying all those demons that have come out. Oh, it's got. It, oh, that sounds amazing. It, it, it's, <laughs> got, it's got elements of the priest from Brain Dead in there. Yeah, it's a fantastic I idea for the movie. Lord. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is a weird story, though. It is. I mean, thing is, the exorcism. Well, was... well, it's not even like a major city. It's a little rural place, probably in the south of Italy. By um, the sound of it. Let me just explain this. The exorcism was performed in response to a wave of weird semi-religious crimes breaking out in the town, including the desecration of graves, vandalism of churches, and cases of statues of the Virgin Mary being thrown off uh, off cliffs. A local prayer group somehow came up with in, with enough money to hire the chopper and get the priest on board, explaining uh, if Satan exists, he has taken control of Castellamare di Stabia. There was nothing left but mm. to try the uh, but to try the exorcist. You know what it was? 
What? The robots getting revenge. No, no, do you know what it is? This would make a great plot for for a, an, an actual se- proper sequel to The Exorcist. No, no, it's robots getting revenge. It's kick us, will you? Behead us, will you? No, no, think about it. No, no, think about it. Is there's obviously an anti-religion thing going on. So a few parachutes down to destroy all the demons. Just stab That's him. what I'm saying. Look. <laughs> look. He's got a angle. <laughs> no, look. Seriously. Bless uh, this. <laughs> on a serious nose, it worked for it worked for the Alien franchise. Why not for the Exorcist franchise? You had Alien, which was a died-in-the-wall horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then you had Aliens, which was one of the greatest action movies of all time. Why not with the Exorcist? Exorcist, died-in-the-wall horror movie. Well, Exo- the Exorcist 2. I hate this time to, it's war. I hate to, you know, put a scupper in that idea, but there already is an Exorcist 2. Okay, Exorcist 2, the proper version. This time it's war. The blessing. Yes, the I think, blessing. I think there's about five or six Exorcist movies, actually. Just, just ignore them. But we'll just no go one, back to the original yeah, reboot after that. Oh, Ted okay. always tells a thing about the Exorcist sequels. No one cares. Yeah, no, no one cares no. about the, the, the first one was so fantastic, the rest just can't compare. Yeah, yeah let's just, true, let's true. just remove, the, remove the fact that they exist and just basically do what should have been the second Exorcist movie and basically this time it's war. So, um, like like Ben said, is, parachuting in from above. Don't tell you this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, like whether you have religious beliefs or not, that money could have gone to a lot better things than hiring a helicopter. Why not put it into a, security a, cameras? Yeah, security. <laughs> just things to sort out the community. Community I mean, care will do a billion times better stuff than flying in a priest. Yeah, but I mean, you, you if, know what this this if somebody, makes me think of. It's a Futurama where Professor Fansworth says, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. This is, <laughs> this is kind of the same sort of thing. I mean, if somebody vandalizing churches and statues and, you know, digging up graves, security cameras would be a start. Maybe hire some security guards. So, like, even, like... like Take I, on more police officers. Hmm. Just a few ideas I'm throwing out there that could have been used before exorcism. Yeah, it's just, I, I feel like exorcism... Is sort of a last-ditch attempt thing? Yeah. If all else fails, bring the exorcist. He, that, the exorcist should be the weapon of final uh, 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 of last resort. It's the holy nuke, really. Yeah, it is. It is the holy nuke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's the third one in the trilogy. <laughs> the, holy the, the exorcist yeah. free. The, the holy, holy nuke. nuke. Yeah. This is a weird. Yeah, yeah, the Exorcist, the Exorcist Two. This time it's well, the Exorcist Three, the Holy Nuke. Since, I think since, since when did the Exorcist turn into Machete? <laughs> <laughs> Why <work>. not? <laughs> uh, actually, that's who we should get to play the priest, <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, I, I've got an image of him. I, in, I, in, I am in, not. I've got an image of him in a priest's habit, just parachuting down, going, "The power of Christ compels you." I am not part of this abomination. <laughs> just putting it out there. I am not part of this. But yeah, you'll but wish you were. Awesome. Well, we're multi-millionaires. <laughs> it, is, it is all kinds of awesome, you got to admit. <laughs> Go and take your iron sky over there somewhere. <laughs> Hi, I'm Destiny Blue, the anime artist, and I like drawing and the geek show, which you are currently listening to. We are now on to our reviews, where Rob is going to be talking about deception. Yes. Um, did, uh, did you review uh, Deception quite recently? This is I the... did Deception for Blood Ties, right? Um, no, well, that was very is... recent. No, no, it was last year. As long ago as that? Yeah, as okay. long ago as that. Right, this is Deception for the Nightmare Princess from uh, Koei Tecmo, or Tecmo Koei, whatever they are this week. 
Now, this follows on from Deception for Blood Ties and has a different Daughter of the Devil in the lead role. You take on the role of Valgiria, who is a Daughter of the Devil who has been asleep. She is known as the Nightmare Princess, and she is woken up by a robot or an automata called Ephemera, who is her guide as she progresses along what's known as the Quest Tree. She is informed very early on that there is a second princess called Lagrina, who is the main character from Blood Ties. And Valkyria's purpose is to steal human souls, but she is up against Lagrina, who has a head start on her. Now, she can choose whether to fight Lagrina or basically work with her later on, and things will progress from there. Anyway, in terms of the mechanics, the game is pretty much identical to deception for blood ties but there are a few variations in terms of the traps which we'll get to in a bit the game starts off in the typical kind of medieval castle type thing and as you move through the stages you'll open up new environments there'll be schools playgrounds various things like that and the character costumes will change and every time a new enemy appears they'll give you a little bit of background about the about them but it's mainly just fluff because this really is Sadism 101. Just like the other games in the Deception series, this caters to your inner sadist. And that's really all. Is Even the main storyline for the game is nothing more than just framework for you to sit there and create these elaborate systems of traps, which is like a really sadistic Rube Goldberg machine or really sadistic version of Mousetrap in order for you to torture and kill your enemies one by one. One of the big differences in terms of the game mechanics is that Valgiria has a kick, whereas Lagrina could only just lure people into traps. There are still the environmental traps, various things like that within the game, which can also work in combination with the traps that you have. Um, I was trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's sort of like a tower defense where you're the tower. Yeah, as I said, it's basically just a very, very sadistic Rube Goldberg machine that yeah. you create. So, yeah, I think mix those two examples however you want. Yeah, we haven't actually said what the game... The actual gameplay for this is you lay down different traps that do different things that you can activate in an order. Yeah, and ultimately kill your enemy or maim them or torture them or whatever. And the idea is to take them out before they kill you. Yeah. The difference is you're not static like you are in the tower defense. You can move around. So you can run away from them. The the closest thing I could think of was like... um, Orcs must die. Yeah. But they're not after the gate at the end, they're after yeah. you. Um, but you can run around, so basically you can reset the trap while you're running around and basically lure them into the trap. Just make sure you don't activate the trap while you're on it. Yeah. Because I've done that. Oh, yeah, I've been hit by swinging axes too many times. <laughs> I always class the deception games as one thing. Catharsism for a stressful day. Yeah. That's all I. That's all I play them for. You know, I'm not bothered about the story mode or anything like that. The story mode is kind of shonky as well. I mean, uh, it's typical deception story, which is kind of yeah. They it's difficult to say whether this is an enjoyable game. I found it enjoyable, but then again, you know, I'm a little bit sadistic when it comes to video games, and I like the Deception series. I like the Deception franchise as a whole, and I've liked it ever since I played Trapped on the PS2, which is Deception Two for those who aren't aware. 
The traps vary from elaborate to sadistic to humiliating. Humiliating being things like pans dropping on your head or having a pumpkin dropped on your head, stuff like that. Elaborate being overly complicated things that only do one thing. And sadistic just being plain sadistic. So like the giant guillotine would be a sadistic trap. I've got to say, there's something fun about this game. It's a great stress reliever of a game. It's one of those games where it shouldn't be enjoyable because it is just really, really, really sadistic. But it is because everybody has all these stresses and stuff in their lives and you can just sit there and patiently create these traps and lure or kick people into the trap, activate the trap, and then, you know, just keep going with your sequence of trap activation until these characters are dead and there's something strangely satisfying about that, which may suggest something about my psyche, but hopefully it doesn't, because I like to be nice and peaceful. And this is a great stress reliever. Anyway, yeah, Nightmare Princess is out now. It's well worth a look if you're into your sadistic anime titles like Danganronpa and stuff like that. And in terms of where it fits in the Deception franchise, it is kind of a sequel spin-off from Blood Ties, and it does reference Blood Ties a lot. If you're a fan of Blood Ties, then it's definitely a game that you want to play. One of the big things about this game is the fact that they're pushing the school-based environments a lot, and that's where things get a little bit inventive because you have all the school iconography like the vaulting horse and the basketball hoops and various things like that it's very much japanese high school type thing rather than uk high school thing but those all fit into these really elaborate traps as well and it's fun to see how they're all used in terms of your sadistic rube goldberg machines that adds a nice variation to it and when you go through each of the stages you get all these little environmental trap additions to play with and they, they keep the game a little bit fresh but it's one of those games where you don't really marathon it you play it sporadically when you feel like it anyway yes as i said that is available now on the ps4 and i think the ps3 as well so check it out if you're a fan hi i'm Stuart samita i'm here at animex all the way from california and you are listening to the geek show welcome back to the geek show where i've been joined by two terrible sadists <laughs> Bow your heads and disgust at yourself. The pair of you. <sighs> really? I don't know. Says the man who was laughing at a tentacle. Yeah, what, <laughs> what it represents. Yeah, I think we learned a lot during our new section. Yeah. Like, this is probably the least surprising thing. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing you can say. Anyway. Well, what I can say is we're now on to our main discussion point where we're going to be talking a bit about black comedy. Yes. So, Chris Tucker. No, no, not even Chris Tucker. <laughs> no, if we're going to go all that, have you noticed how in uh, American Hollywood comedies they have the black comedy, like the, the, the black is in uh, African-American. Yeah character who's wise talking and he's always wise cracking and you know he's the comic relief so like chris rock um chris tucker chris tucker eddie murphy danny glover no not really. we, we got rid of, hollywood's got rid of them that's not what we're talking about though. you just wanted to bring it up because it's a thing which was kind of racist hollywood 
Yeah, well, Bad farm. Hollywood has always been racist. There was a movie. Um, there was a movie from uh, the 80s where you had a really racist white cop who had a heart attack and had his uh, had a heart transplant. And the person we got the heart from was uh, a a younger black man. Yeah, they do that a lot. And then they basically had the whole thing about how uh, he kept seeing the ghost of this black guy all over the place and he's just kind of, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone kind of thing. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about black comedy. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, so... I think the defining question there from the jump is what is what is black comedy? Well, not so much what is, but what's the difference between black comedy and other types of comedy? Because black comedy is... He's me playing my... My devil's advocate. It's the funny type of comedy. Ha ha. Yeah. Explain. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, black comedy's kind of changed. It used to be stuff which was a little bit out of the mainstream, but I think we talked about this in previous shows, how mainstream... I'm, I'm talking about movies here, because yeah. this is my main point of reference. Just on that point, we're not going to separate it all into different sections. We're just going to open discussion from one yeah. end to the other. But yeah, like I said, my, my point of reference to comedy is in movies, because that's where it plays... It's probably more prominent in movies than it is anything else. Yeah. Like yeah. comedy. I mean, I know there's comedy cartoons and anime and comic books, but I think... There's a lot more of a history with it in movies. Oh, God, yeah. Comedy I mean, movies have a longer history than comedy comics or comedy cartoons. Uh, well, not cartoons, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Well, uh, I'm burying myself in a hole here. But uh, I think because movies been around longer, they're always like the, the starting go-to. block. Yeah. They like yeah. they will try it first and everything else will copy it. That's what you're going back to the 1890s with cinema. But that's the point. Um, black comedy in movies... It's there's stuff you really shouldn't say. There's stuff you can't say, but you turn it into like humor, like off color humor is the term that uh, Americans use for it. It's 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 laughing. It's, I, it's gallows humor. It, it's stuff yeah, which is a little, humor, it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit unsavory. It's. I always yeah. thought it was sort of these are the things that you shouldn't find funny, but you do, and yeah. we will do them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which is a little bit of gallows humour. Yeah, I mean, well, thing, there is that. I think one of the, one of the things that one of the reasons why I thought maybe we should clarify it first is because black comedy it actually incorporates things like satire and parody and slapstick there's, there's, and stuff like that. I won't, put, I won't put slapstick in there. But. Slaps. Uh, I'm sorry, Tucker, uh, Tucker and Dale. Yeah, that's not really what. I, I mean, what, when I say when people say slapstick to me, I think um, nineteen. I think Harry Lloyd, I think yeah. Charlie Chaplin. I don't but, think, you know, um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think Tucker and Dale versus Evil, if you say black slapstick comedy. That's way too many pigeonholes you're putting something in no, there. No, I'm saying it's a black comedy, but it's got elements of slapstick in there. It's got elements of other things in there. Okay. I'm saying that black comedy is basically, it can have other bits, other comedy elements as part of it. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, okay. It, whereas uh, you can't, you know, if you're doing a slapstick comedy, it probably isn't going to have elements of black comedy in there. It, do, it doesn't well, go... The, well, it, I, I don't I, know. Harold Lloyd. No, no, I don't know, because some of the, the... Watching somebody get hurt. A lot. Yeah, it, I suppose I see what you mean. It, yeah. It's kind of funny, but it's also kind of... A, I mean, kind of brutal it, it, as well. If you see somebody, you know, I know, walking over the street and they get hit by a car and then you burst out laughing you are a bad person yes you are but in a movie that'd be fine because I don't know it's reasons yes <laughs> <laughs> it's something because it's 
the horror without the consequence. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think you got onto something there. It's like, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why we still watch professional wrestling. Whoa, 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 whoa. Professional wrestling is awesome. Now, Lucha is awesome. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Obligatory Lucha reference. Listen to the, la- the latest episode of Two Seat Wrestling where we go on about it for a very long time. <laughs> oh, God. It, Ultima Lucha was just amazing. <laughs> but I think we can include TV on it because we're not playing sort of strict with... No, no. Um, well, t- TV... Our, our sections. The thing is, TV's... Bl- uh, TV has... Second, it, with movie comedy, movie comedy is not the thing it used to be. It's given far too much power to people like Will Ferrell and... Ben Stiller. And ben Stiller yeah. and people like that. Yeah, uh, Vince Vaughn and people like that, yeah. So, um, black comedy's sort of become a staple of, like, uh, English comedy Yeah, movies. it's become hand, yeah. It's hand like, in hand, like, the, black comedy in The comedy. Cornetto trilogy is chock-a-block with um, dark humour. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know, it's just... I just think that is cool for cool <laughs> comedy yeah no, no i mean uh oh, what was it uh i've forgotten what the first movie was damn it like Shaun of the dead Shaun of the dead that's it Shaun of the dead is a died in the world black comedy go on why is it hey tell me why because i'm not i'm not seeing it I think have you it's, not seen Shaun of the dead i've seen Shaun of the dead but i think it's one of these things where i'm not seeing the follow for a tree so I'm yeah i think it is you're just not seeing the explain to me explain to me explain to the listeners as well why why that is the case because i'm okay in terms of its concept the only safe place is the pub well well he he makes very light of the death of everyone in the world yeah and yeah. um it's all um its jokes are like sort of Horrend- like there's a zombie They're in their awful. backyard yeah. and they need to kill it um so they're just throwing everything at them and they throw a disc yeah and yeah. it hits and shatters in the face like oh that works so they're rifling through their um vinyl disc <laughs> exactly. collection picking out what they're willing to get rid of and yeah that is a fair point <laughs> see that is a fair point okay but tv i was i was, I was talking about tv yeah, sorry. yeah. i think okay. t- tv and english comedy have well blackadder I've got uh, to say. Again, it's the same with English TV comedy as well. I mean, TV comedy has been polluted by Mrs. Brown's boys. It has, but, but I mean, if you're talking you think, black comedy... When you think about comedy on British TV, you think of the good stuff. The thing is, if, if, you're you're talking, of, if you're talking black comedy, Blackadder is right at the top because... I don't know. Trust me, Blackadder is, is, amongst, is amongst the ranks of black comedy on TV. He's just a horrible man. When... <laughs> Well, I'm a young person, so I don't know about all that old school stuff. But like when I was thinking of like, I was thinking skins. Would you class that as a comedy? Uh, Not really. A comedic. Oh. First series, yes, it got a bit more serious from beyond that. Okay, uh, first, first, it, first series, yeah. It's like the first series. They're like they're going on holiday. So they smuggle all their drugs in the butt of their friend. Yeah. Like, and he's that's the only horrible. one who has to smuggle them in. Yeah. That's horrible, Ben. No, no, but that's, that's the thing. The first series had these, element, had these elements in. Um, so it's just like they ended it with such a harsh ending. It's all got serious after then. Mm. But even beyond that, like it ended with one of the main cast being hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's so like even later on, at the funeral of their friend, um, their dad's friend doesn't want them being at the funeral. He thinks they were bad friends and they shouldn't be there. So they kidnap the body <laughs> and they're just driving around in this tiny, terrible car with a coffin strapped to the roof. Yep. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I didn't realise it was that absurd. 
But that is pretty legit, that well, comedy. I mean, uh, that, uh, if, in terms of other British productions, Four Lions. I'm not saying that. Uh, the one about the terrorists. Yeah, I know about uh, it, but that's I'm not a, that, it. That's, 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 a, that's a blatant black comedy. Um, blatantly a black comedy. And it is really quite funny as well. Um, and that was kind of a perfect segue to what I was talking about. Yeah. I was going to talk about Chris Morris. Yeah. Because Chris, Chris Morris is the guy who did Four Lines. He did Brass Eye. Yes. He he did The Day to Day. And for people who don't know that name, and I might have watched the IT crowd, he's the first Mr. Denim. Yeah. He's the first Denim. Yeah. Who, who dies in a wonderfully black comment moment. Yeah. Where... The IRS, I think it was. Yeah. Come up with Dawn and he says, Oh, right, and then just steps out the window. Like it's you know, like in um those old slapstick cartoons where uh you get like a cartoon character stepping over the edge of something and not realising it stepped over the edge of something. Yeah. So the sign trying to sort of grasp yikes. the air. Yikes. And hold the yikes sign and, and go down to the phone and smash yeah. and there's a there's an air thing. He basically does the first part of that, which is, you know, wonderfully absurd. But Chris Morris He's fantastic at black comedy. Um, there's a bit which was very cathartic, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what show it was on. I think it might have been on the day-to-day. Um, it kind of sends up, you know, those moments on TV where you get somebody in who's doing their bit for charity. And in this case, is a woman doing her bit for charity by selling jams and jams made by celebrities. And she says, oh, I've made £150. Then Chris Morris just tears into her something fierce, and it's it's kind of it because basically when you think about it, Chris Morris is basically playing what was it called uh, Jeremy Paxton there. Yeah, yeah. And you can't look at Jeremy Paxton sort of straight. No, you know, without <laughs> thinking. Uh, people of my generation, maybe at least, without thinking of Chris Chris Morris. Um. Well, as I mentioned, Blackadder. Um. Because of the time periods it was in. There was a lot of... Uh, I mean, he uses historical references as black humour quite a lot. Um, the first Blackadder was kind of the Dark Ages type thing. Second one was uh, Elizabethan times. I mean, even... I mean, they made jokes during, these black, during Blackadder too about burning people at the stakes just for being the wrong religion or for being a witch, stuff like that. Oh, it's it, technically true, it's not... No, no, they're basically... We know it's technically true, but they basically turned it into a joke. Um, Blackadder the third, where he was the prince's butler, and then Blackadder goes forth, where it was you know in the trenches during World War One, um, and they just kept making all these jokes based on the environment around them and on these historical references. And you shouldn't really laugh at them if you know the reference, but you know uh, people did. Okay, which is one of the reasons I'd say Black Adam is definitely a black comedy. Hi, this is Gus Sarola from Rooster Teeth Productions, creative Red vs. Blue, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Um, uh, what direction are we heading in this time, Ben? Oh, well, I actually want to talk a little bit about comics, because uh, there's a lot of comics that have built themselves on very cute humour, uh, cute style. Yeah. With very dark humour. Are like, you thinking seconds and stuff like that here? Uh, I can't remember the name of the author. Scott Pilgrim guy. Um, seconds kind of classes, I was thinking um, Eleanor. Ooh. Uh, which is about a very cute little goth girl. Yeah. And Lenora. Lenora, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Lenora, the, the the cute little dead girl. Yes. Uh, Ro- uh, Roman Dirge, uh, don't know what goes on in that ma- in that man's mind, but I want some of it. So um, there's also one of the most prominent comic, um, comic characters that everyone knows is all based around black humour. Deadpool. Well, yeah, Deadpool as well. Yeah. But I was talking Joker. 
Oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, a fair point. No yeah. one really thinks about this, but his whole idea is, I'm going to create death with a laugh. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he put, he's got his Joker serum. Yeah. What He makes people laugh love, to love death. Love that Joker. Love La- that Joker. Laugh to death. Yeah. yeah. And die of a massive grin in the face. That's kind of morbid. So, like, but, yeah, everything yeah. he does is, like, ironic... As in, this is something that's meant to create laughter, and I'm killing people with it. Yeah. And, like, every action is a complete misnomer, really. He's... I don't know if I'm even using that word right, but he's... I have no idea either. So, he he is one of the best dark humour characters, and because the entire world around him is so dark and serious... Where, despite the fact there's a woman dressed as a cat who takes herself serious and a woman who controls plants. And a guy who dresses as a bat patrolling the night. And everyone's so serious in what is obviously a hilarious world. Yeah, uh, his description of himself in the dark night is actually pretty perfect. He's like a mad dog chasing after traffic. Yeah. Yeah. If he got all the traffic, he wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty... Well, self, not self, uh, self, well, I mean, self-effacing way. Look at yourself. I mean, the whole idea, the whole idea of Batman and the Joker in Arkham Asylum. He basically says, "You belong in here with us." You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Batman I mean, is as crazy as the people he catches. Yeah. I mean, that's the big revelation at the back end of the second game. He has like this really emotional moment in the Joker where he says, "I just want you to realize." No, I just want you to be. No, oh, what was it? I just want to make it. You realize you're just as insane as we are. Just. Have my moment for one day, you know, down here in the in the dirt, kicking and screaming with the rest of us. Yeah. I think it's the phrase he uses. And yeah, yeah, Joker's well, got the, a real character depth there. Yeah, the, the a lot of it's horrible comedy. Of the third game is based around him trying not to come to terms with how similar he is to the Joker. What yeah. is this Origins? Uh, no, um, sorry, uh, Arkham uh, Knight. Arkham Knight. Sorry. Oh, right. yeah. Sorry. I, I forget the origins. Everyone forgets origins is a right. thing. I enjoyed origins, and I forget it. Yeah, origins was fine. It just, yeah, it wasn't as good as the others. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as you can stretch it. Yeah, but Rocksteady was... did an amazing thing with Arkham Arkham City. Yeah, the way they ended that was just no, no. I think I, it's it's all. I like the first two. Not played the third one yet, but it's all been downhill from Asylum because Asylum was like, oh wow, where'd that come from? Yeah. And so they do some really nice things with um, no city. City was was, was was city was just as good as Asylum. I, I don't know if there's any other characters like that. Though to be honest, like the Joker, I think he's is a bit of a. I mean, Deadpool to a lesser extent, but I think no. Deadpool Deadpool's humor isn't the same as the, uh, as the Joker's humor. Deadpool's humor well, well, is very the, much... the Joker's more devilish. Yeah, yeah. He Deadpool, wants you to die, whereas well, the fact is, um, Deadpool, although he's surrounding death and stuff, he's still somewhat the good guy yeah yeah yeah. there's something grim about dark humor and you can't really explore that quite as well with a happy character as you can with the joker who's grim himself yeah Uh, with deadpool i think that the way he is he's immortal he can just pick himself back up together and it'll sort of i don't know what's what's this what's the thing does he just Sew himself back together or something? Or what, what? I mean, just regenerates. Oh, okay. Is that how it works? Okay. In one of the comics, Deadpool basically gets shot to pieces, and he's basically he's regenerating, and he's like, oh, is that my liver over there? And he's just crawling over to his liver. That was uh, Deadpool being a horrible guy, yeah. and, you know, 
not quite being alive, not quite being dead. It allows them to do some weird stuff with the yeah. franchise. I mean, yeah, that whole run where it's Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yes. That's a pretty bleak bit of, you know, comic. With, with the plot convenient sword that can stop regeneration. Yes. So, um, something like, Deadpool does have the little bits of dark stuff that are really interesting. Like, have you seen one of his enemies is just all of his limbs that have been chopped off form together to make a new person? Yeah. Wow, really? <laughs> uh, basically, you know, the, you know Doctor <laughs> Who? He's got no, two no. right arms no, rather no, than the left one. You, you, know, you know Doctor Who with the hand in the jar where it becomes a second Doctor kind of thing? Not really. Yeah, um, basically uh, the, in, the, in the David Tennant series... I've watched remarkably little Doctor Who. Yeah, in the David Tennant series of Doctor Who, he had his hand cut off right at the beginning... Um, and then he regenerated his hand, but uh, Torchwood found it, kept it in a jar. He basically, when he was regenerating, he basically fired it into the jar. Hand grew into a normal doctor, uh, or half doctor, half human type person. And then, yeah, there was two doctors. One went to live in an alternate dimension that didn't have a doctor. Yeah, along with Rose Tyler. She got her, she got her man. Uh, Are you making this stuff up? No, <laughs> no, this is legit what happened. <laughs> <laughs> TV <Wow>. magic. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, was it Steve Moffat was, uh, or whoever it was who wrote those episodes? They were having. They, they were. They were smoking some good stuff that day. Um. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. I just don't know if there's any other characters like that. Really, I mean the two. What Deadpool? Deadpool. I, I don't think literally has that sort of grasp of black comedy and everything they do. They've tried loads and loads of times to bring characters who. To basically raise these characters who have this, uh, have this kind of uh, really dark comedic think, element, uh, comedic nature to them. But I'm not just, just including comics work. in this. I'm including everything in this. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't know anything else that um, sort of fits that. How about the Hogfather? The Hog, no, Terry Pratchett stuff is. There's yeah. loads of black comedy in Terry Pratchett stuff. Loads. Of, I mean, death is. You know, it's yeah. death. I'm sorry, but... So, um, in Sandman as well, death's a character. Yeah. And by humanising death, it can be... There's a lot of black humour they can do with it. But the thing is, um, in Neil Gaiman's, in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, um, it's basically a serious role, whereas death in the disc world is very much... I mean, the first time you actually see death, death... Uh, well, actually, uh, the first time you actually see death as a central character in a story is in Mort... And I mean, Mort means death, but it's also short for Mortimer, and it's the boy Mortimer. Sound of all this going over my head. I'm explaining. <laughs> That's why I know it's going over info your head. dump. Info dump, Rob. I know it's an info dump, but you need to understand the context. This is like the, this is like the beginning of Star Wars. This is just have a listen. <laughs> Bloody hell, he doesn't have to complain, doesn't he? Um, anyway, Mort, short for Mortimer, also means death. He becomes Death's apprentice. He's a normal human being. Death for some reason, decided to adopt uh, an orphan girl as his daughter. And genetics being a bit skewy uh, on the Discworld, she has somehow inherited some of Death's powers as well, which you'll find out when uh, later on in other books. But Death is basically... He, he, he likes... He, he's kind to animals, which is oh. weird because he's Death, the great leveller, you know? Okay. Um, he likes curry... Okay. And he's got a horse called Binky. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I've got to say to that. And basically, yeah, and he takes family seriously. Something kind of like with, um, in Marvel, Death's a character. Yeah. And um, 
Thanos decides to destroy half the universe to try and impress her. Oh, God, I actually think, I, I, I remember I speculated on this. I think that uh, Thanos doing that was basically him trying to impress death because she fancied Deadpool. Like, I think I think the ultimate cause of that of the whole Infinity Gauntlet thing is Deadpool. Because, does Deadpool actually survive that? Or? Well, we don't know because because uh, uh, basically death. No, no. I mean, in Marvel Universe isn't a skewed one like the the, movie, the cinema one, but and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if does he survive Deadpool? Uh, I'm pretty sure that if Deadpool was part of the Infinity Gauntlet series at that time, he would have survived because if Thanos got rid of Deadpool at that point, death would have really on, been makes, annoyed. So let me get this straight. Deadpool is not in that continuity, but to impress, so Thanos to impress Death, who is in love with comic book timelines, they don't matter. This makes no sense. Your normal logical timelines don't matter. I'm sorry, but the Infinity Gauntlet held up as one of these great achievements of comic books, and it makes no sense. You must bow to the logic of the great gods at Marvel. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Not not a jot. It doesn't matter. Your, your puny human logic doesn't uh, makes. Uh, I'm calling you a comic book nerd. No. Your, your, your favorite makes no sense. All right, Rob. Here's the difference. Uh, Rob's theory on the whole Deadpool and death thing, even yeah. though it is in that universe, that's canon. Mm. It is Rob's head canon. Yes, uh, my uh, head Thanos cannon. did this. It comes out the top of my head and fires things. Okay, that's why it makes we, no sense. We, we can talk about that a bit next week when we're talking about alternate universes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. a head Se- cannon. Segway. Uh, yes. Anyway, yes. Um, but Deadpool, I'd say, is is definitively uh, black comic. I, I think he sort of mixes it up. It depends on the some, situation. Some slapstick, some black... Uh, thing is... Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of slapstick in yeah. there. Extremely gross. But I do slapstick. agree, Joker is... It, Pure kind of black comedy. So it looks like it's going to have quite a bit of black comedy in um, the upcoming movie, like mm. just based on the trailers and this stuff. A Deadpool, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can appreciate that. Um, and I've got to say, Gintama is also got quite black elements to Go some of its comedy. Uh, characters, the characters. We're talking about characters now, so let's keep with the characters. Yeah, uh, who, who, who is a character in Gintama has a grasp of black comedy? Because I can't think of any of them. I'm sorry, what did Kagura cut off? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the moment when there was basically recently been a gender bender arc because, you know, Gintama likes to set up, send up the, the tropes of anime and the gender bender thing is a thing which is loved by Tumblr and all these yeah. deviant places. Oh, I don't know if it is on DeviantArt. I couldn't say. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The, 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 the clues thing. in the title is called DeviantArt. <laughs> well, you'd think, but you never know. But the, the, there was one character, this heavenly being... Who descends to um, what's the Kabuki Cho, uh, Kabuki Town? Yeah. And one character who's got a problem with deciding what gen- gender she is turns, sp- spins everybody around. And Kagura, who is this, this little adorable sort of, I'd say. Chinese type girl. 15, yeah. 14, something like that. Not quite a woman, still not quite a child. Yeah. Turns into a man. But instead of being very much dissimilar, like a bishy, yeah. everybody was expecting, you know, pretty boy. She's basically... She, she turns into... Have you, have you seen Fate Zero? Yes. And people who've seen Fate Zero, am I, it's Ryder. She basically... She turns yeah. into Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing she does is decide that what's between her legs shouldn't be there and yanks it off and throws it in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean about black comedy? All of it. 
<laughs> the whole shebang. I mean, the thing is, Gintama as a series has loads of uh, loads of moments with the uh, black comedy. I mean, um, you know the rebellion, the the, uh, the rebellion arc, no. the beginning of that where they're going to meet the great, uh, the, the most beautiful geisha of all. <laughs> it turns out to be. <laughs> Not transvestite. No, it turns out to be a little old lady on like one of the you know one of those drips who's who looks like she's on her deathbed. Oh, I thought you meant the the king of the king of um whatever land. Oh no, you no, know, it's where it's it's a yeah. it's a transvestite. There's a there's a club of transvestites in, yeah. in Gintama Land. Yeah, and he's like the most manly of men. He's crazy yeah. man, masculine. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. I tell you something. Um, an animated series that manages to do black comedy without making sure it's not too offensive mm. Futurama with robots yes, yes gets yes. away with a lot oh, yeah, yeah yeah like if you think about it with like the robot mafia and stuff we'll execute a robot robot and then Santa? go like that's your warning and they'll get up and walk out I'm sorry but robot Santa yeah robot Santa there to destroy you all where he, <laughs> his, his standards are nice and bad yeah. <laughs> I've got the weird two out of hand yeah Santa and his slayer yeah. Um, <laughs> and he just kills everybody. Yeah. Is that because things are robots, they can get away with a lot more than they it, used to? It's like the Transformers comics. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you class that as black comedy, no, but the Transformers comics do some pretty disturbing things. There's a part where, if this was a human, it, the guy's brain's been removed and put into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like X-rated violence. Yeah, yeah. That, like, if that was people... That wouldn't be allowed anywhere because the robots. That's fine. Exactly. Um, it, yeah, Futurama definitely um, level E, I'd say as well, because hmm. Prince Baka is basically he's just bored. He he, he trolls the entire universe into thinking you know he's going to destroy them just because he he, he can. And what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean he kidnaps an entire high, uh, an entire bus of high school baseball players just because he's bored. Yeah, he takes them to an alternate reality and then forces them to play to play baseball just because he's bored. Doesn't sound that funny in isolation, does it? Doesn't sound that funny in isolation, but the he is basically the Bart Simpson of anime. He must only use his powers to annoy. Nah, nah, Bart Simpson's terrible. Yeah, Baka's funnier. Hey everybody, this is Billy West from Futurama. Hi, how you doing? I hope you're doing lousy, because I'm doing lousy. And I don't want anybody to be happy if I'm not happy. Now get me a sandwich with maggots on it. Alright, this is Zeb Brannigan, you're listening to The Geek Show. Well, there's no rules this week. There's no rules, there's no barriers, there's no borders. And it's all the weird, and all the skew. But we're still on the game section. Yeah. Only kidding, like, there's a point, we haven't talked much about games. No. But I think that might be the fact... A lot of dark humor is about, like, death and mm, yeah. crimes and things that are taboo. But in video games, they're kind of normalities. That's true. Like, if you find that's a game true. that doesn't have fighting or shooting or something like that, that's a strange one now. Yeah, it, it, it's games kind of send it up to an absurd level. Yeah. Um, Saints Raw. Thank you for jumping the other one. That's exactly where I was leading, but yeah. I can't think of anything that exaggerates what's like normal to such a degree that other than sort of Saints Row. I mean, say what you want about Saints Row. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as Ben on this one. Earlier into the season, you go the better it was, but I think it got to a point where it just went. It, it was. It was in. 
love the, the sound of its own, you know, bodily uh, movement. Here's my point on um, Saints Row. First one was trying too hard to be GTA. Mm. Second one found its stride amazingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It had its own bear, like, bearings on, like... It was still a realistic universe, but crazy things were happening. True. Uh, number three stretched it so things that uh, impossible would happen, but it was still cool. Yeah. Number four sort of jumped the ship. It, it yeah. really did jump the shark, number four. Like, so number two is still my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can understand um, that. Makes sense. Is that, yeah, like, from... It was all a joke on whole gang mentality. Yeah. Um... Each group was based off a different stereotype of a gang. Yeah, true. And, was. like, particularly free onwards, they just poked fun at them. Well, I mean, they did the uh, the DLC for Saints Row 4, which, ironically enough, um, for most people, was actually more enjoyable than playing Saints Row 4. You know, the Gat Out of Hell. Yeah. Um, where you just basically play as Johnny Gat in Hell. See, um, he didn't actually die, though, did he? Yeah, no, no, he, he died in. Um, is it the? Was it the end of one or the start of two? Uh, I think it was the start of two. Okay. Well, the thing is, uh, in Saints Row. Oh yeah, he died in the plane crash at yeah. the start of number two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Or was it the start of number three? I can't remember. There's, it's yeah. been a while. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Johnny Gat going to hell was basically the president was kidnapped and taken to hell to be the hu- the future husband of the devil's daughter. Um, and Johnny Gat and uh, what's her face? Um, forgotten her name. Kenzie. Kenzie. Yeah. Um, they basically go to hell to rescue the president, which involves Johnny Gat flying around with a- with fiery angel wings and headbutting a lot of things. Hey, so, yeah, I was just thinking there. Dark humour with games, because humour in games is is kind of a more of a child friendly thing. Well, when it comes, well, generally speaking, I'm not saying for every single thing, but when it comes to dark humour, they can't tend to take it too far. Well, here's the thing, right? I think when it comes to video games, black humour only works in certain ways. Borderlands has done it really well, right? I think Borderlands has managed to do it so because the way they've done that is they've had to bump it up to like the nth degree. Because yeah. the game already involves shooting people and stuff. Yeah, but I, I mean, with the characters as well, there's certain... I mean, Handsome Jack comes out with some corkers. Yeah. You know. Um, so and, there's things like Tiny Tina having the tea party yeah. with a psycho that's got explosives strapped to him, so he has to sit there and have a tea party. Exactly. You know, those, that's pure black comedy. And so I, think, I think the best example of black comedy done well is Portal. Yes. I've played that. I, I wouldn't say it's the best example done well. I'd say it's the best recent example. So it just GLaDOS is constantly, like, yeah. taunting you. And <laughs> I've played a lot of the first one, but... I mean, uh, Glad- the thing is, GLaDOS basically... Didn't calling... seem that, it didn't seem that prevalent in the first one, though. The thing is, GLaDOS turning around and calling you a monster. Yeah. So it's just like, it's it's not as... It's more taunting than it is, like... Yeah. Uh, it yeah. does less gruesome fun things, but more psychological. Yeah. Um, it is very definitively black comedy, but... Oh, uh, hey, playing Devil's Advocate here. Devil's Advocate. But it's Just Cause black comedy. Just Cause 1 had some real... No, no, no. I mean, in the sense that you can just play silly beggars with the physics and 
blowing stuff up. I, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that that per se. I think actually that's the point I was going to make. Right, um, one of the elements for me with black comedy in video games, um, going back and playing Carmageddon. Right, that but, was just mean. No, just follow me on this. It's mean game. Just follow me on this. Playing Carmageddon with a bunch of mates. Mm. That's where the black comedy element came in. Not from the game, but from being with my friends. And basically, we'd purposely do these, you know, basically, you know, go after this character or this character and basically do these things on purpose. And that's where the the comic element came from us taking the mickey out of each other. Okay. It didn't come from the game itself. Could you class black comedy gameplay as just like when you stop playing the game and just have the mess about? When you're playing GTA and you stop going, okay, I've played the game. Now I'm just gonna get out, put in the rocket launcher cheat, and blow up all the cars. Technically, it is. Wasn't like, it? In, I used to do a similar thing, like just like, same drive, throw, like you, like drive out. over a load of pedestrians because yeah. I'm a monster. Yeah. <laughs> get, get it to five stars. It, it's yeah, except, like and see how long it could last. What made me think of it was in Saints Row Two. You got the grapple hook that you could attach one thing and another, and I used to attach people to. Um, propane tanks that you used to shoot <laughs> that would then fire straight into the <laughs> yeah. air. You monster, And then. it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I, I, that would be fun. I mean, um, but I mean, going back further into the history of video games, you had, uh, you had other things. I mean, uh, the old... Um, the old LucasArts stuff, uh, Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders and the, the old, uh, like, Monkey Island stuff. Ah, uh, no. I think they're just silly. Monkey Island is just silly. And I'm, also, I'm not looking down on Grim silly. Grim Fandango was no, no, quite dark. In the case of um, Escape Monkey Island, Monkey Island is just silly. I'm not yeah. looking down on silly I'm, comedy. I'm, it's just Z- in Zach that Mc- case. No, I don't Zach agree. McCracken had, had not played. Zach uh, McCracken had real black elements Isn't that being reissued? Not as far as I know. Oh, is it the Day of the Tentacle? I'm mistaken. Oh, no, that Day the, actually, Zach McCracken... Uh, it might be Day of the Tentacle. I'll have a look. But anyways, Zach McCracken, Day of the Tentacle, those sorts of things, they had real black elements to them. Um, and Go on, Grim for example, had real black elements. There are adventure games. I've not played them, I... Now, it's one of these things, you know, the classics, and because the classics, there's a certain belief that everybody should have played them, but some people were born too uh, late, or much too late in other cases. You were born too late, Yeah, I, 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 don't, I didn't have access to play those games. I don't know what you're referring to. Okay. And I imagine Ben might not either, you know, in the case of Zach McCracken. It sounds like... The clues in the title, Zach McCracken there were, and the Alien Mind there was a, There's a band called The Used that were around in sort of 2000s, and there was a leader, uh, the, the lead singer was called... Uh, McCracken, and I found that incredibly funny. I remember Bert McCracken, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reduced your point ridiculously there. Go on, though. You were saying, what's okay. funny, what's funny well, about Bert the, McCracken? Uh, uh, ditch that, then, since, you, uh, since it's just going to uh, end up in uh, in you cracking jokes. Go for Overlord instead. Yeah, that's what I was referring to when I said gamers take it too far, because isn't there an achievement in there where you got to beat uh, baby seals with a club? Yeah, that's gone too far. That is. See, here's the thing about being a bad guy in video games: is it's fun to be the bad guy when the game wants you to be the good guy. Yeah, yeah. When it wants to be be the bad guy, it's yeah. He, mm. he just feels too forced. But he's like, um, one of the reasons I preferred just going back to Saints Row for a second. Reason I preferred the second to the third. Yeah. Was when I'm doing this crazy things where I'm beating someone up while naked, while I'm blowing up cars and stuff. 
it felt like a real world where there was someone in an office who had to fix it after I'd finished. Yeah, yeah, that is true. In number three, it felt like a joke world where I blow up the things and the game's going, yeah, we're on on the joke. Oddworld. Oh, yeah, that's real dark comedy. Your people are getting turned into food. Yeah. And you're trying to escape. And save them. It uh, might be a really tough game, but I is mean... Is it called Silent, the food? I can't remember reference. what it was called. It wasn't, called, it wasn't called Silent. I can't remember what it was called, but I mean, you had to basically save your people from being turned into food. The Madokans. Yeah. So What, yeah, what the Hadokans? Madokans. The Shuri Eppers? No, not the Shuri Eppers. The... Not, not the Slippery Eppers. Um, um, or, the, or, um, or the cans of haddock. The whatever Honda does when he slaps a thousand times, the thousand times slap is, is that what they're called? <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm winding you up. I'm winding you up clearly. You're not winding me up. Winding the internet up then. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say I'm I, I'm quite fine with this. Um, did you not see, did you not hear me calling them cans of haddock or slippery uppers? Yeah, and, and, and which just sounds a bit wrong. Uh, Anime, though, I think that's the only thing we haven't really talked about. Well, we did. We mentioned Gintama and Level E. Uh, I, I think. I oh, think... Mangalen. Mangalen. We haven't talked about manga. Yeah. Manga is. Or comics. Well, no, no. I think we've had the full compliment, really, haven't well, we? we haven't. thing is, we haven't actually mentioned manga at all. Because manga's where it gets difficult. Manga's where it gets very, very, very difficult. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, trust me. Manga gets very difficult when it comes to black comedy. I um, don't think so. Because there are entire archetypes for characters that are all about, oh, this one's a psycho girlfriend. Yeah. This this one's crazy for these reasons. And their entire idea, if they're put into a comedy setting, is the comedy of them being a psycho girlfriend. But are they in a comedy setting? That's the question. But it happens quite a lot. Like? I'm not really sure because I don't read them, but I know that they exist. They exist, but they um, don't happen as often as people what, think. What, it, what about, um, it, it's basically what Ben said, but they have the, the psycho dressed up as a nice girl, and they get the comedy out of it like that. Like um, Yankee Kun, Simigane-chan. Like, that's not really black comedy, though. I don't that, know. It, it no, gets that, some black comedy it. out of the fact that she's like a really upstanding, cute uh, uh, girl and well, all the gangsters are scared of her. Not really. That's not really black comedy. That's just straight-up role reversal comedy. Um, there's some the, black comedy in role reversal. Yeah. In expl- that case, ex- I think. Explain to me where the black comedy is in that one. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know it's game, but if you guys played um, Yandere Simulator. Yandere Simulator? Yeah, it is a game where you play a Yandere character... And you must kill every other person in the school so Senpai will notice you. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, and it is, <laughs> it is black comedy to the ninth. It's that you need to, like, uh, kill everyone or, like, they've been added in them updates so you can kidnap people now. And, like, you go into your cupboard and you have, like, a ball of Senpai's hair, the plaster that fell off his knee... I think it it's related to anime and manga, but it's a video game. But I think it'd be incredibly stupid to overlook this guy. Yes. Because, uh, just looking at the Prinnies, the Prinnies are a particularly favourite character, but what they are is people who sinned when they were a human, and they have been revived, re- reincarnated in the afterworld, in the neverworld, as a penguin who does jobs for people and has to say dude in every sentence. Dude. 
you think Dave's one of them? He says dude in every... Dave, Dave is a prinny. You think Dave's a prinny? He says dude yeah. in every sentence. You heard it here first, folks. Dave is a prinny. But generally, I'm, I'm playing back the fourth one, and there's just a lot of details about it have resurfaced. Like, you play someone called Valva Torres, who was a, a fiend, like a, an overlord, basically. And he made a promise not to drink the human blood of anybody until he scared this person who ended yeah. up dying in the process of, you know, because it was a water time. And to supplant his need for blood, like, to re- replace his need for blood that he couldn't get from humans, he started eating, you know, sardines. Yeah. yeah. And all he does is go on about sardines. <laughs> I he's got, like, he's got episodes, not in the way that um, Walking Dead does, yeah, but in the way of, like, a collection of levels and at the end of it all he does is go on about the nutritional value of sardines even though he's a vampire and he's on about taking over the, the neverworld it's, suddenly, it's ludicrous dark comedy there uh, I've just suddenly thought um, satirical dark comedy just just very quickly touching on this before I forget South Park is how could we not mention South Park it's like the biggest of, not mentioning Family Guy go on I just said South I just said South Park I oh, know but South Park leads on to Family Guy which leads yeah. on to all of those. Yes. They're all interconnected. Yes. Um, but South Park... I mean, and just, stuff like just, just, before, we, stuff just like before we get... Gravity Falls is very much black comedy. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, actually, South Park led me on to something else, right? Go on. Um, because it is actual black comedy, and I'm, I'm amazed, because now that I think back on it, right? Now that I think back on it, yeah. I used to watch these these things when I was a kid. Um, and I, I'm amazed that, they, that I'd never actually noticed until literally just now. They are died in the wool black comedies. What's that? Trapdoor. Trapdoor's Trap awesome. Buck, feed me. And then <laughs> Count Ducula. Yeah, it's a similar to the Valvatores thing. Yeah, it is. Valvatores has sardines, whereas uh, Count Ducula was revived with tomato, tomato ketchup. Ju- tomato ketchup, yeah. Um, and it, when thing, you get right basically. down to it, Ducula was a was an outright black comedy. He's supposed to be drinking blood. I think that's what set me up. That near Indiana set me up for a lifetime of horror. Yeah. Thank you, Count Ducula. And, <laughs> and, and, and Trapdoll was just playing and, surreal. And, and, and tra- and, was it not? I don't know. It, it was it, definitive it, black comedy. No, no, I don't mean the black comedy, the surreal thing, though. I mean, black, I was watching Trapdoll when I was a youngin' and I didn't actually realise what it was. I just yeah. kind of liked the, pr- the claymation. Again, that set me off for a lifetime of claymation. <laughs> it's funny how these things get you when you're a kid, doesn't it? Yeah, true. It really is. So, yeah, um... But South Park, South Park's sort of a big fish in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. and I'm because amazed of the things that it. the thing, the fact that it has one of the principal characters, Kenny, dying in really grotesque ways yeah. every week, just to return the week after. Well, well, Their whole bragging right is the fact that they have to write one joke that's too bad to be aired, so that they can air the rest of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, leading on to Family Guy, the Family Guy did entire episodes featuring death. Only a, a character. few. Only a few. Yeah, well, I mean, there was the whole thing with death where he was fancying the girl in the pet shop. He was trying to get Peter's help to basically talk to this girl in the pet shop, and then the oh, girl talks a bit too much. Yeah, so Family Guy has her. got way, way worse than that. Yeah. That's that's early days, Family Guy. Family uh, Guy just tries American, to sort of get attention. American Dad. Go the on. Whole, uh, lots of things involving Roger. Go on. Example. Examples? Yeah. I think you just thrown out what normal it is. <laughs> Um, the American guy and the family dad. No, American dad. <laughs> that's a reference, by the way. What? What I just said there. That's an that's an obscure reference for you, family guy, American dad fans. Okay. Yeah. 
They're not. They're not. I say words. They're not. Well, American uh, American Dad would would be the assault by uh, Santa for a start. Well, a classic example would be the episode where they turn um, uh, the American. What's it called? That uh, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Um, musical giant plant. I can't remember the name of it. Little shop of horrors. Little shop of horrors into the little pe- little um, shop of fast, uh, tubs, hot tubs. Well, the hot tub is voiced by Niles Barkley. Is it Niles Barkley? Who's the guy? Who's Niles Barkley. You know the guy who's got the great voice, and it has the fa- the hot tub killing people and murdering people. Okay. In the most ludicrous fashion. Okay. But then again, little hot tub, little pet shop of horrors is kind of horrible as well, dark comedy as well. Yes, Especially if you've seen the original ending, which has um, what was the plant called? Uh, like, whatever the plant was called, it has the plant taking over the world and yeah, destroying everything. Feed me, Seymour. That's all I remember. The guy's called Seymour. I don't yeah. know what the plant's called. I can't remember the name of anyone else in that. Despite loving the, actually loving little. Yeah, it's a great movie. It is. Well. um... Just touching on that uh, and just bouncing off it, I'm, and I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it, Rocky Horror. Nah, man. It is a black comedy. It's, it's way too campy. It's way, way too campy. I don't see what that's got to do with it. Uh, I think it's a bit of a danger. It has to be played into a black comedy. A black comedy is a bit dangerous. It's a bit well, it devil is. may care. And I don't think Rocky Horror, I don't think Rocky Horror has Tim, that. Tim Curry... Wasn't Ro- Devil May Care at think, the time it was made? I don't think he's it has a guy that. wearing that. Nah, nah, I don't think it has that Devil May Care attitude. Yes, it does. Um, Rocky Horror. Yes, it does. I think we'll beg to differ on this one. Okay. So, um, a game I'm looking forward to that's been kickstarted um, is a game called The Miskatonic. Okay. Um, that I'm looking forward to so much because it's quite a black, um, black comedy game mm-hmm. about. Um, Lovecraftian horrors. Ooh, okay. And it's got such sense of humour of it because I'm watching the development blog and they post up screens because it's like an adventure game. Okay. And they've got like cannibals in the school. It's like, hey, when you're done with your feet, do you mind if I have them? <laughs> do you know what that kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of Postal. Uh, I think. Um, I think we'll come at an end of our yeah, show. On, on, the, on Postal, we'll basically uh, take a quick break and we'll be back for Pick of the Geek. Yeah, because that's how we do it now. Instead yeah. of doing it at the end of every section, you've kind of noticed by this point that we're playing sort of open with the rules, so we just go where the conversation takes us. But at the end of the show, we'll, we'll dedicate to a Pick of the Geek, a legitimate Pick of the Geek. Yes. Hello, it's Neil Gibson here from T-Pub Comics, uh, creator of Twisted Dark, and there's nothing geeky about comics, nothing at all, and you're listening to The Geek Show. We are now on our final section where we've just got to be Picking our favourite of the favourites. Yes. So we go around in a time circle. Time for pick of the geek. One yes. each. One each. One each. So I've got my first one because, you know, I can... I've got to mention, I was I was toying with the idea of a, a movie, like a, a horror movie, and there was only two, cho- well, three choices, but I'll mention the three choices and then I'll tell you the one I went with. It's Reanimator is one. Okay. Evil Dead 2 is another. Ooh. And Return of the Living Dead is the third, because they all sort of fill that same gap. But if we're going to pick one of those three, it'd have to be Reanimator, because it's, as a film, yeah. it's the most perfectly pitched. It's, it, it, it's ludicrous, because uh, Reanimator, if you haven't seen it, which chances are few people have these days. I have. I'm not saying. I'm talking generally, generally. Um, Reanimator is about a scientist who has discovered the serum to reanimate flesh and bring it back to life. Uh, there's a very famous scene in it which takes the idea of oral sex to a very ludicrous sense where it has a head 
I'm not finishing that sentence. Just see where I'm, I'm going. Away, see where, where I'm going. I'm there. not going to mention it. But it has that sort of ludicrous. It has ludicrous gore because it, it, it's like the people think you know horror movies are. I mean, probably throw Brenda in that conversation as well. But horror movies are so gory it becomes ludicrous. And for me, Reanimator is the pick of that. It just has its cake and eats it. Not got a wasted scene. It's just a fantastic, fantastic movie. And I want to watch it now, making myself want to watch it. <laughs> and surely that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing this far. But yeah, that's my first pick, Reanimator. Who, who's next and going to talk about that choice? Do you want to go, Ben, or do you want me to? Uh, sure, I can go. Um, there's a game I absolutely love called The Stanley Parable. Yes. Um, and this different to a lot of black comedies because it's very light like it's a bright surrounding yeah but with just a darker subtext and the idea of this is you are a guy called stanley and you are in a place and the narrator's telling you what's happening but then you can diverge off the narrator's path and things can go a bit skew if the narrator is actually quite good when you diverge oh, as well. He, he, it's hilarious. And like, he gets annoyed if you're diverting from what he's telling you to do too much. And so Stanley ended up in the middle of nowhere twiddling his thumbs and wondering what to do next. Is that like, it can. It's basically a story about the futility of life. Yep. When you boil it down to. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing is, it's, uh, and it does it in a very entertaining way. I, I, love, I love the music. Da, 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 oh, da. That, that's a point where if you go down a certain path, yeah. um, the narrator gets lost of to where you're going. So he's like, hell, let's just have an adventure. Let's put on some adventure music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fun. So it, it's a lot of fun and it, it's surprisingly dark and it's great for something that just came from like a Gary's mod. Yes, well, it yes, wasn't. It did. Wasn't that the game like one or two years ago where everybody loved it but nobody actually knew what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought so. I thought I found this. Like, um, the guy was at um, Animex one year. Like, he did oh, a wow. talk with um, cool. the woman who did Gone Home. That's really good. Because they were like, there. "Oh, we're two different types of walking simulator." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Yes. Um, for me, uh, uh, in terms of a game, I'm stuck between. You don't have to be a game; you can be whatever you want. No, no, no. I've, no got, I've got three games that I've, uh, I've got. Just like you had three. I had five actually, but uh, well, it was I, all qualified as the same thing. Yeah, this is the thing. I'm stuck between um, Grim Fandango, uh, Destroy All Humans, and Stubbs the Zombie. I think in terms of just the just the black comedy element because Stubbs Stubbs and Stubbs is tied with Destroy All Humans for for it, but I think I'm going to have to go with Destroy All Humans. Okay, um, because the first one though, the first one, yeah. Well, the first two, the, the, did, yeah. The second one you, was good. It was the third way. It's did you hear me it. say three anywhere in there? <laughs> no, no, the third was like this is successful, right? We should yeah. do this, yeah, yeah. Uh, Destroy All Humans one and two, yes. Destroy All Humans three, no way in hell. Um, but yeah, if you can get Stubbs a Zombie, it's definitely worth playing. Mm. It, it's on it, Steam. I mean, mm. Yes, it, it's definitely worth playing. It's a short game, but it's, a very, is, it's a very low tech demand on the computer as well, isn't it? Yeah, it so. is very low tech demand on the computer. I mean, it's an old Xbox game, yeah. Xbox One game. Um, Stubbs, though, the fact that you are the zombie, you are the bad guy, and you can create your own army of zombies. 
Okay. And you can basically throw your organs and they explode. You have, you know, you can fart, which is also a weapon. You can basically take your hand off and have it run round and clamp on people's heads and you start controlling them like that. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah, basically. Um, is that everything you said? What are you going to say? Um, well, yeah, that was my pick for, for a game. No, we're going round. Round yeah, table. I know. It's a round I know. table. I know. My second choice is I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to wimp out and go with movies again. But it's again, it's a, it's a toss up between two Tim Burton movies, and I don't know which. So it's either a Mars Attacks or, or what is it called? <laughs> it's completely gone. Um, oh. Must be an amazing movie. Oh, it is. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, I got yeah. there, yeah. Beetlejuice. The, you've, I was going to say, he's just said it three times. Beetlejuice. I yeah. said it twice. And where, where, Beetlejuice or Mars Attacks, because they're both fundamentally very alike. They both have this weird sort of world, like twisted worldview. Although one's much more of a horror movie, whereas the other's a sci-fi. They both use the same rules. But it's it's just... When people say the favourite filmmaker is Tim Burton because of this sort of style that he adopts, this weird world view of sort of caricatured uh, monstrosities and over-the-top violence, yeah. but also being sort of kind of acceptable for family viewing. Those two are the, like, fantastic. I can understand why people say Tim Burton's their favourite filmmaker. It's just those two films are rife with with ludicrous moments, like in Mars Attacks, how... I mean, I may as well say this is my yeah. my slot here. But um, Mars Attacks has the moment where they defeated the aliens with you know country music, yes. and their their head explodes when they hear yeah. this country music because it's too much for them. And it's it's just the amount of physicality, yeah, the ludicrous physicality to Beetlejuice, which kind of makes it impossible to overlook. Well, yeah, I mean. Um they're both definite black comedies. I've got to say, I I would have gone. I can't slip, separate them. It's really difficult. They're both equally good. And Beetlejuice is just is just an amazing. I'm sad that they're talking about a, a second one or no, whatever it's going to be. They should but. just leave Beetlejuice as is. Leave it alone. Yeah, but it's fantastic. It, it, it's amazing. Um, I mentioned him before, but as just a black comedy character was Joker. Yeah, just because he. He has introduced something that wasn't common in comics, and like it's quite common to have an insane character. But he wasn't always like that, though, was he? He was much tamer. Yeah, it was like the eighties, and he just went full nuts. Yeah, he just and the the borders they will push it at. Like um, the Killing Joke is a famous comic for the Joker's actions in it, and. It's all in the name of a laugh in his head. Well, he, he cripples Barbara um, Gordon. Barbara yeah. Gordon, yeah, with a Hawaiian shirt and like a cock hat on. Yep, yep. <laughs> He's a horrible man. <laughs> like you actually get to see that scene in um, Arkham Knight. I was oh, very wow. happy about them recreating that. That's and cool. there's a lot of talk about making a either live action or animated version of the Killing Joke. Pretty sharp, but yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. That I so say he just. He, like I said, he's one of the few characters that can effectively do dark humour in what is a world that takes itself so seriously. Ironically, he's the single, he's one of the lightest touches. Yeah. One of the most uplifting touches in that universe. I've said it a million times, the most boring thing in Batman is Batman. Oh, oh God, yes. Uh, Rob? Oh, God, yes. Um, in terms of black humour, um, 
Ah, tough one. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Welcome to the NHK. Actually, no, 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 no. Ah, damn it. It's a close tie between the two of them. It's either the Tatami Galaxy or Welcome to the NHK. Well, I had two for Tim Burton, so... Yeah, it, it's, too, I couldn't co- separate it's them. too close to call between the two of them. Tatami Galaxy has really, really dark comic elements to it, just the same as Welcome to the NHK, but they've got a really strong storyline to go with that. You know? Okay. you know, that was what I was going to say for my third pick, was Welcome to NHK, because... Yeah. It's an amazing. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's cool Make because it, it means I've got. Um, like, I'm not the only person who thinks, but it's way of dealing with the idea of depression and introversy. Yes. I thought thought it was really cool. Yeah, and then to do it to sort of poke fun at it as well. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where uh, it shouldn't work, but it does, mm. and it works really well. I think actually you'd like the Tatami Galaxy then, Ben. Yeah. I think it's one that you'd really enjoy if you like NHK. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, welcome to the NHK. Okay. Back to you. Um, closing out with more TV or film stuff. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of anything animated that hasn't been mentioned or any games that really stick out in my imagination. But uh, I'm going to go for TV with League of Gentlemen. Ooh, oh, yeah. Which... Yeah. When you think of the term black comedy, for me, that's one of the first things that comes to my head. Because it takes a basic sort of... Uh, like a, a little village where everybody knows... Like It takes Doc Green. It takes Doc Green and turns everybody into poisoned, insane people. Yeah. And has horrible characters like Papa Lazaro, who's basically like... I don't know, he's like a clown, isn't he? A clown at a local um, circus. Yes. Basically. And it talks about... <laughs> slavery and horrible horrible themes through this the ridiculous you know um what's the term for him uh, a black-faced guy i mean black-faced in the sort of yeah uh, old racist horrible sense yeah uh, like hello mommy is the term that's thrown around with them you mean the kind of al uh, al johnson. johnson that's the guy al johnson al johnson yeah but but it, it's a ludicrous galaxy that they've created with the League of Gentlemen and yeah. it's just possibly the blackest comedy you know that you could imagine horrible horrible stuff yeah. but also hilarious with it hmm. so I think who has the third one left I think it's just Rob isn't it uh, I know. No, Ben's got one we've got... seen NHK uh, you? No. well I've made another one like, okay. um, recently I watched um, Watermote yes this... yes Watermote is definitely a black comedy uh, a story about a young girl who just doesn't know how to deal with the world. Yes. And so she does it using what she knows from anime and uh, dating sim games and stuff like that. Uh, And it's just hilarious seeing her dealing with what is obvious depression by doing stupid things that she thinks will make her more popular. Okay. Right, I just want to make a big... Sh- uh, uh, By the way, just before I go, uh, NHK has an amazing sequence where he accidentally joins a suicide cult. Yes. <laughs> convinces all of them not to kill themselves yeah. while convincing himself to kill himself. Yes. Wow, that's that's a term for the boxing, <laughs> yes, isn't it? It is. Um, and then he fails to kill himself. Um so That's yeah, a comedy, gee. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's really well done, though. Okay. Um, I just want to I just want to point out something, right? Before I choose my final one, um, I just 
Googled, uh, Googled like black comedy car, uh, black comedy films, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, I, the I, list is longer than anybody's arm. No, 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 no. The, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, for somebody to win the black comedy comedy, right? And the top result is an IMDb list. I just want to start reading out. Keep it quick. Very quickly, the top for the first few on the black comedy films. You go on. Friday. Coming to America, Cooley High. Oh my God! This, of Nights, this guy is do the right thing. <laughs> White men can't jump. Barbershop. He thinks Blood. black comedy is comedy <laughs> starring black party. people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless the internet. So big bad Dolomite. Bless that racist yeah. guy's heart. Big big bad Dolomite. Whoever you are, <laughs> I'm not going to salute you. <laughs> what you were saying. You're, you're third. Before we close the show out. Um, my final one. And again, it's one that I'm torn on, but I think uh, I think I'm gonna, it's going to have to be Young Frankenstein. Okay. Um, it, it really is kind of the seminal kind of horror comedy type thing. It plays on all the tropes of horror. More on the comedy end than the horror end. Yeah. Because Shaun of the Dead's a comedy, comedy horror. Yeah. Comedy uh, horror, but that's more on the horror. How, how many horror, is yeah. it? <laughs> It's hom- <laughs> homedy. It's homedy. I'm trying to amalgamize the two words, and it's not working. So yeah, um, I think Young Frankenstein. It, it, it was just at the time, it was just the best horror comedy mm-hmm. around. I mean, just so many great, uh, great jokes from just from that one movie. Werewolf, 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 putting on the rear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is one of the blackest cut and funniest scenes in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah. But okay, is that yes. what I wanted to say? About That's it? basically it. Okay, well, hopefully you enjoyed this trial run of our evolved form. And uh, yeah, so we have time for. Coming up on Thursday... If this is out before Thursday... It will be out before Thursday. ...is our latest quiz, which has a lovely poster by Ben over over yonder. Yay! And, I did a good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we will be doing the usual quizzings at Mink the 13th of August, I think, is the date. Yes. And, yes, come along at last for a fun time by all. Teams are two to five, three pound to play. Yep. And, yeah, that's all we have for announcements other than, you know, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. DS underscore The Geek Show. On Mixcloud, where we have loads of uh, episodes all going up all the time. Um, you can follow iTunes shows for The Geek Show and Cinema. Then we'll be rolling more out in the future. But, yeah, that's all we have time for. Thank you for listening to our episode in Dark Comedy. Next week, we'll be doing alternate universes. Yes. And until then, thank you. I have been Rob. I have been Ben. And I have been Rob. Bye. Bye.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.